You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Garrison Red became paralyzed in 2005 after being struck by a stray bullet outside his home. He has participated in and excelled in several adaptive sports, including climbing, CrossFit, and has been a member of the U.S. Paralympic powerlifting team. Outside of sport, Garrison has been a TEDx speaker, a model, author, entrepreneur, and disability advocate. He currently works as a spinal cord injury outreach coordinator for Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. So, Garrison, I thought we would start by, you know, just, you know, for those that are listening, at least, um, talk. tell me a little bit about yourself, just in terms of, you know, uh, who you are growing up, you know, what sports you, how you got involved in adaptive sports, you know, uh, just start wherever gotcha. you want to start. <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Garrison Red. Um, I'm a T12 paraplegic, which means I have a spinal cord injury. Um, I'm about at the waist level. So I have the full ability to use my uppers. Um, I have some core strength as well and some hip flexor strength. So that's to give you a little bit about my injury. Now to for the audience to learn more about me, um, I'm a Team USA para power lifter. Um, my last competition was a world championship where I finished fourth, just right outside of medal contention. Um, I've been powerlifting since 2018. However, I do dabble in other sports. That's just the sport I'm on the national team with. <laughs> I also rock climb. I do wheelchair racing. Um, that's where I initially got into sports back in around 2016 with the New Jersey Navigators and Jimmy Cuevas. He invited me out and I started wheelchair racing. From wheelchair racing, I did some field sports as well with the New Jersey Navigators. And for those of you who do not know the New Jersey Navigators, they are a Paralympic sports club. Um, they usually have juniors, but every so often they would invite some adults to come out and participate with them. Um, yeah, so they are a great organization to connect with, as well as the Wheelchair Sports Federation and John Hammer. He's the one that kind of introduced me to the variety of adaptive sports out there. So that's just piggybacking a little bit. But to further elaborate, yeah, I started off wheelchair racing, which led me into field sports. From field sports, um, my coach entered me in a powerlifting competition at 120 pounds. I was able to lift 250 pounds with no training in para powerlifting whatsoever. Um, the di- and the difference between para powerlifting and regular powerlifting is that in para powerlifting, athletes compete with their feet raised on a the bench that's designed to support individuals laying straight out. The reason being is because we compete, spinal cord injuries compete against polio, short stature, amputees, and pretty much any type of disability that has an impairment dealing with your lower extremities. So to give you a little bit on how to go about pursuing a career in power power lifting. Um, so along with that, I got into modeling. I got into fashion. Um, I've been in three Google commercials. One Apple commercial, one McDonald's commercial. Um, I universally design clothing now. So what that means is I take ordinary garments and add adaptions to them 
in a way that it's concealed where people were not calling an adaptive clothing item because it's universally designed for anyone to wear. Um, the reason why I went the universal design route, because I feel like if certain items are for the masses, then they will start to understand the functionality of adaptive clothing mm-hmm. and we will have more adaptive items out there. Um, I did a TED talk where I told individuals how life is like lemonade, how life could throw you lemons and you add some sugar, water, ice to make a sweet, refreshing beverage out of a sour fruit. And um, yeah, I'm just an advocate for the disabled community. Um, Jack of all trades, like I said before. So I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm also an author. I always forget that part. (laughs) I wrote two children's books. (laughs) Well, uh, you are yeah. a gar- you are a garrison of all trades, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, not a not a jack of all trades. So where does where does where did CrossFit fit into all of that? So I started training in CrossFit at Dean CrossFit. It's ironic how I got into it. Um, a lady by name of Ish, she's like an agent for a lot of athletes that are Paralympic athletes or I know I know athletes. I know Ish, yeah, yeah. And she one day she told me like. You could be a good CrossFit athlete. <laughs> and I didn't, at the time, this was about four years ago, I didn't know how big CrossFit was in the adaptive sports world. Um, and so I started out training at Dean CrossFit. Um, due to powerlifting, I haven't, you know, really pursued a career in CrossFit as of yet, but I do train in CrossFit on a routinely basis. I actually competed at the Wuda Palooza about three years ago, um, right before the pandemic, which is a big, a huge CrossFit Games that take place down in South Florida. Um, And yeah, it's an incredible sport. The reason why I got into it, because I wanted to switch up my training from powerlifting. Um, I wanted to add some type of endurance into my training, which that's where CrossFit fit right in. It's a lot of endurance involved and I love it. It's, It's incredible and it's an incredible community. So one of the things about the adaptive CrossFit community is that it's very welcoming and open. So unlike powerlifting, athletes can compete with upper body deficiencies as well. So I got to meet a lot of other athletes living with disabilities that wasn't just ambulation issues. It was like, you know, maybe they had a severed arm or whatever the case might have been or congenital amputee. And they're missing maybe an arm or a few fingers or something along those lines. But it just goes to show the incredible capabilities that people have with different disabilities. So I love Adaptive CrossFit. And Kevin Ogar is a good friend of mine as well. Out of CrossFit Towers in Colorado. Okay. So when you when you first wa- when you first rolled into uh, Dean CrossFit, you know, were they uh were you the only adaptive athlete at that time or like how well, were you yeah. uh, involved or introduced to, to CrossFit as an adaptive athlete? Well, um, so I reached, actually reached out to Dean CrossFit and asked them if they would be interested in training me for the Wudapalooza. Now at the time they didn't have much knowledge on adaptive CrossFit, except just how to adapt some of the workouts in order for me to be competitive in it. Mm-hmm. However, um, with that said, they was willing and open to learning more about adaptive CrossFit. So the owner of the gym, um, and he's one of the, I'm good friends with him still to this day. You know, we talk on a routine basis, but he actually took courses and reached out to other adaptive CrossFit athletes 
throughout the United States because um, even though it's a growing sport, it's still not that many athletes that actually compete in it at the highest level or even the recreational level as well. Um, So a lot of people do it functionally for training and stuff of that nature to get in shape. So I'm actually the only adaptive crossfitter that trained in Dean CrossFit. However, he connected me with another individual who trained at another CrossFit. I think it was Bush, Bushwick CrossFit. I'm not too sure of the name, so don't quote me on it, but I think uh-huh. it's called Bushwick CrossFit. And it was another adaptive athlete there. Um, however, he didn't have any um, lower limb deficiency or impairment or anything of that nature. His was upper body. He had an upper body issue which caused one of his arms to be weaker than the other. So with that said, um, yeah, they introduced me and connected me to him. And, you know, we had a lot of like goals, um, even though we have different disabilities. So adaptive CrossFit is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you had to describe CrossFit to someone, how would you describe it? Well, all right. So there's two ends of the spectrum I would describe it with. Intense is one, but I do not want to scare anybody away. It's um, it's intense, but you get a workout. So it's fun. Not only not only is it fun, it's an amazing community. Um, even when you're amongst your able-bodied counterparts, they're very opening. They're willing to help anywhere they can fit in. Um, so I love the community and the atmosphere, especially when you go to like Wudapalooza, and some of the big adaptive CrossFit games, you're going to meet so many people from across the country and y'all all have similar goals. And that's just to live a healthier lifestyle. And that's usually where it starts at. And then, um, and then also, you know, it's a sport where sponsors are starting to jump in at now, where people are getting more opportunities to be featured, like in magazines and commercials and a whole list of um, opportunities that has been arising due to CrossFit. I think even Reebok is starting to sponsor athletes with adaptive CrossFitting items and things of that nature. So it's growing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and you and you mentioned that you obviously as a as a pair of powerlifter, you know, focused and was familiar with the strength side. So what were you kind of interested in doing from the endurance side? So one of the things that beat me up when I start first started doing adaptive CrossFit was endurance, was lifting those heavy um boulders and putting them on blocks and things of that nature um doing the rope climbs um it's a it's a lot of other muscles that you are actually engaging um even ring dips you know ring dips is something where you got to use a lot of core function where in powerlifting you know our building strength techniques is not so much involving the endurance of the muscle it's involving more or less you know building the strength in the muscle so it switches up the dynamics of of training and it actually helps me and my nervous system because with that switch up, now I'm engaging more muscles and activating more muscles, which I translated over to helping me with my power lifts as well. And I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually one of my questions for you was what, (laughs) what were, or what are the benefits to CrossFit? So besides activating you know, maybe some additional muscles or muscles you weren't anticipating to activate. What are some other general benefits of adaptive CrossFit? Oh, yeah. Oh, so some of the, like, and I can speak for, in my case, for spinal cord injury individuals, one of the benefits of adaptive CrossFit is you're just being active, which can, one of the things it can do, it can regulate your blood pressure, 
mm-hmm. along with regulating your blood pressure, you may see a decrease in certain illnesses that arise because of a spinal cord injury, such as urinary tract infections. Mm-hmm. Um, even I think even skin breakdown, I mean, you know, transferring multiple times onto different surfaces, I think it definitely improved the integrity of my skin as well. So, I mean, I don't have any scientific studies to <laughs> accompany that with, but just from my case and my opinion, I believe that it really worked and played a crucial role in, you know, my skin integrity and especially in um, decreasing urinary tract infections and things of that nature, which, um, you know, sitting all day, you can be susceptible to. Yeah. And, and don't worry, this is not a scientific conversation. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Don't. Don't quote me on it, Sean. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. And, and, and so you you kind of talked about some of the um, exercises or activities in CrossFit. Um, are there are there some basic ones that like when you when you first uh, roll into a, a CrossFit gym or whatever that you that everyone kind of learns or does, or is it really just so individualized uh, by the instructor and by your interests and stuff like that? Yeah, so that goes both ways. So it depends on how far you want to take it. So if you want to compete in CrossFit at the highest level, there's going to be a lot more movements that your instructor is going to utilize and want you to train in order to compete at that level, like um, seated clean and jerks and things of that nature. Um, That's something I really wasn't familiar with from the powerlifting world, because believe it or not, we do not train shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, that frequently with powerlifting because we, most of your strength typically comes from your back, which people are unaware of. So they think it's mostly a shoulder and chest movement when it's a back movement. Mm-hmm. But with adaptive CrossFit, we you actually throw in some shoulder movement. So, you know, I'm pretty strong, but you know, the clean and jerks was getting me at one time because <laughs> I didn't and and it and another thing I forgot to mention is it improves your range of motion as well. So a lot of movements you are doing, it's not ordinary movements that you would do in a typical gym. So, you know, it, it with like dynamic stretching, it improves your range of motion, um, ring dips and things of that nature. It's all activities and exercises that is going to, one for thing, it's going to stretch you, it's going to get you loosened, but it also going to improve your range of motion, which a lot of wheelchair users typically suffer from in the shoulder area the lack of range of motion due to us always propelling forward most mm-hmm. of the time. So um, that's one of the movements that really got me was like clean and jerks. Um, but, and endurance stuff. So there's a lot of endurance stuff involved in it. Um, so like sled pulls. Typically, you know, I don't really do sled pulls for like a hundred, well, for like 20 yards is typical sled pulls. Um, but, you know, something like that, you know, it's going to improve your endurance. You're going to start engaging other muscles. And um, I think it's very cool, even if you do it as like, it's CrossFit, but as a cross training mechanism. So like for like um, wheelchair track athletes, you know, sled pulls help a lot because you're adding resistance to mm-hmm. propelling your wheelchair. So I just found that, you know, depending on the level that you want to compete at, they're going to introduce exercises to you. So of course, you know, test your ability and to get the most out of you. So, you know, depending on your ability and your level that you want to compete at, it, the, the program will look different. But one of the things, it's going to wear you out. <laughs> it's going to work you. So even on a novice level, you know, you may start out by doing simple exercises, such as maybe some dumbbell 
um, cleans and snatches and things of that nature with a very low weight. Um, but, you know, it's not to intimidate you. It's to give you that resistance and to get you to come back and keep coming back. Because, you know, ultimately, I, I would assume your instructor wants you to compete at the best of your ability or to or reach your highest potential at some point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might start out in a novice and make it all the way up to a very competitive level once you start improving with the exercises that are involved with CrossFit. And so, you know, take me through a, a typical CrossFit workout. Like, if, obviously, if you just show up at the gym, <laughs> what, what happens next? All right. So I'll give you a typical day in a CrossFit gym. Um, we might do about four rounds of boulders to, like, um, basket or boulder moves where you take a boulder and you put it on a platform. Um, that we might do five rounds at 60 seconds of just doing that back and forth. So I, I would, I'll be able to give a better, I'm trying to give a visual example somehow and connect <laughs> uh-huh. it. But, um, yeah, so you're just lifting a heavy boulder, usually or a medicine ball, which weighs about 10 to 15 pounds. You're placing it on some type of countertop and you're taking it off and replacing it on the countertop that might be next to it. So you're just going back and forth for a couple of rounds and it's a lot of things are time. So after the 60 seconds is up, you may go to your next workout. Um, and that might be some ring dips and you might do 30 seconds worth of ring dips or whatever your instructor, um, schedules for that particular day or for your mm-hmm. program. And, um, then you might go from ring dips to snatch and cleans. Then from snatch and cleans, you might do some seated dips. Um, it all depends on your, where you at in your programming at the time, but a lot of things are time. Um, usually it's about, I'll say six different exercises and each exercise would be about three to five rounds for at least 30 to 60 seconds. And, um, yeah, after that hour, you're usually worn out for at least a day or two. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I'm worn out just listening to you. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just to give you guys an idea of what it's like. It gets more intense as your as your ability and you improve. And so with the timed component, it's it's really probably about us how many and how quickly you can do. Uh, correct. You know, uh, in w- within that time frame, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And and what's the? Uh, I assume obviously when you when you when you head into a gym that you you there's a little bit of a warm up and stretching and is there also that at the tail end? I mean, how do you kind of, of course. kind of deescalate uh, down to to you know a resting a resting position? Okay, so um yeah, so one of the things that you should start out with is of course a warm up, and what that warm up should consist of or may consist of is. Um, using some resistance bands to get the nervous system ready to do the workout. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the key. The key is, is preventing injury. Mm-hmm. So you want to warm up well. So you might do some dynamic stretching. I wouldn't advise people to do static stretching. And what static stretching is, is something like a lot of people like to go to a door and to open up their chest, they'll put their arm on a door and try to um, stretch that way. That's considered static stretching. Dynamic stretching is when you like swing your arms back and forth. Um, or, you know, like if you have the ability to stand, walk, and jump, some people might jump as a form of dynamic stretching. Um, the reason being is because dynamic stretching um, stretches the muscle, but not alone. It also gets it prepped for the physical activity you're about to do. Um, 
often also there's a cool down period in CrossFit where um, at the end you might do a cycle of workouts that might be four to five exercises and each exercise will be one round lasting one minute. Um, that's very important as well to do a cool down um, because everything is about preventing injury mm-hmm. and preventing tears. And when you do extraneous workouts, you know, you're more susceptible to injury and to tears. Um, so you might want to do some dynamic stretching at the end of your workout as well. So that way, you know, once your muscles start to stiffen up, it's already stretched out. So it'll have a better range of motion as well. So we typically do something to improve our range of motion at the beginning of, of a workout and as well as at the end of the workout, whatever that may look like. And of course, your your warm-ups and your cool-downs are typically tailored to you and your abilities. So that's just what I do. It's not, you know, not everybody has to do it, but that's a suggestion. Always do some dynamic stretching prior to your CrossFit workout and after your CrossFit workout because, um, yeah, a tear can really set you back quite some time. And, and I'm glad you mentioned safety because I imagine one of the things we, you know, we often overlook is, uh, is obviously hydration. So where does hydration fit into the mix during the re- or workout? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydration is very important as well. Um, so everybody's hydration looks different. Um, so what I like to what I like to tell people if they're new, new to working out is you typically want to try to intake at, at least your body weight amount of water or half of that, at least half of your body weight amount of water. So what that means, if you weigh 128 pounds, maybe something like around 64, at least 64 ounces of water per day. Um, one thing I do like to make people note, make note of is, especially with having a spinal cord injury, you can overhydrate yourself as well which can have an adverse impact. So mm-hmm. one thing you want to be mindful of is how much you're avoiding during your workouts as well, you know, because of the fact that you might be intaking a lot of water, but you might be overhydrating yourself, which can cause other issues. So me personally, I take sips of water. I don't ever really like drink a full body of water when I'm working out. It bothers my stomach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but after my workouts, I try to hydrate myself adequately. So maybe drinking 24 to 30 ounces of water, depending on how much I perspired during the workout as well. So everybody is going to look different, but you do want to hydrate yourself, but be cautious about overhydrating yourself. I think we do a decent enough job of avoiding dehydration in the gym. Um, for most people, if you feel thirsty, grab some water. But um. I notice a lot of athletes, we get in trouble with overhydrating, especially with a disability. And I don't think that's mentioned enough. Yeah. And then uh, one, one other question I had was just, so if there's an athlete out there uh, or an individual with a disability that's listening and said, you know, and is now convinced that they want to, to try CrossFit just by our conversation, what, what, would that, what, would you, what advice would you give? Uh, oh. How would they get started? Well, one of the pioneers of CrossFit is happened to be one of my former teammates, which is Kevin Olgar, and he runs CrossFit Watchtower out in Colorado. So I typically will put people in contact with him mm-hmm. because he actually orchestrates a lot of the major uh, CrossFit events through, throughout the United States. I even believe he recently, well, maybe a couple of years ago prior to the pandemic, he also has been introducing it to Europe lately. So um, he has some chapters out there as well. So 
that's who I would put people in contact with is CrossFit Watchtowers, which is in um, Colorado, and okay. Kevin Olgar. He's a great person. Um, and um, there's, there's another gentleman by the name of Jedi. I will have to send you his last name, but he's real big in the CrossFit community as well. Um, and they pretty much designed a lot of the exercises that we currently use in CrossFit competitions. Awesome. Is there anything yeah. that we that we've not talked about about CrossFit that that you know you want to mention? Women, women, it's, it's a huge sport. Um, if women are, if y'all are interested, I, I would definitely, definitely encourage y'all to go out and take a look at it. Um, um, there's a women's division, um, and there's some pretty badass girls that's in that division <laughs> that you know do some incredible things, and I just think that the sense of community is the best part about CrossFit, you know, uh, people doing, sharing a like interest in something that can make them healthier and physically better. Awesome. And I know you do amazing work. So I'd love, you know, if you, if, are there platforms or ways that people can oh, connect yeah. with you? So reach out to me on Instagram, Garrison Red, um, Google Garrison Red. I'm very easy to get in contact with GarrisonRed36 at gmail.com. Everything is Garrison Red. YouTube, Facebook, Garrison Red. I'm very easy to find. I'm also here now at Mount Sinai. Um, I run. I'm the cord in, spinal cord injury outreach coordinator, so I'm doing tons of events here as well. So if anybody's in the New York City area, um, our programs are open to anyone with a disability. So you know, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll have an adaptive CrossFit clinic. So come on out. <laughs> <laughs> 